Welcome, everyone, in this post, uh, well, not post yet, this apocalyptic world, this uh, COVID apocalypse. Uh, it's great to have you all with us. It's Swing Thoughts. I'm golf spiritual leader. That's right. Uh, Humble Howard from the Humble and Fred Show, deemed by uh, no one an essential service. But here's the weird thing. We've actually started doing an extra show a week because we're so freaking bored. Um, with me is uh, Coach Tim from the University of Guelph Griffins and the mental performance coach at the Glen Abbey Academy and my dear, dear friend, and like the rest of the world, we're just hanging out on Zoom. Uh, you know, it's funny because I just said that to you before we started uh, the show today. I said, you and I have been doing the show like this on Zoom for uh, at least a couple of years, maybe at least a year and a half. Haven't we? At least a year, yeah. Yeah, I know. Zoom, I think, has become the linchpin of the Western economy. Um, and certainly for family reunions and birthdays. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's funny because uh, I was talking about this on the uh, morning show a couple of days ago. I said, you know, all of this has happened at this time, I think, for a reason, because if, if this was happening during blockbuster days, people, seriously, if there was no online movies or TV and people had to go and get a video, you'd be seeing all these people fighting over like Back to the Future and, and freaking out, getting the virus. Yeah. I don't care if I get sick. I just want to fist get... fights. Fist fights for back to the <laughs> future, right. just like for toilet paper. I just want a copy of Dirty Dancing. Uh, this show is brought to you by TaylorMade, the number one driver in golf. Uh, the new sim drivers are all the rage. Just before the tour stopped, you could see Tiger, Rory, uh, DJ, uh, Wolf. A lot of those guys, Morikawa, all using the sim drivers. And of course, the seven uh, nineties are on order. Uh, very excited if we do get to play golf this year. Uh, Taylor made a course. Uh, when when we do start uh, on the radio, I think in a few weeks, we are going to put a little contest together so that when the virus is uh, finally under control, we're going to send some people to the uh, TaylorMade laboratory and uh, give you a chance to get fitted, which really is the ex- an experience all golfers should experience at least once bucket list type of thing get it done get a fitting i don't know desert island not sure that quite fits but yeah you got to get it done if you're a golfer because it's so so cool you know you put in a different shaft and suddenly you have a slightly different ball flight and you see it reflected in the numbers wow it's so cool so cool um it's funny because i we can maybe link uh getting the proper fit as a way as a way to improve your golf game and for the last four years, we've talked about ways to improve mentally that have nothing to do with changing your swing. There are things you can do um, that have nothing to do with golf swing that can make you better. And our guest today is uh, somebody that I met uh, about a month ago. He uh, works with my friend Marty Chuck at the Tour Striker Golf Academy. Mark, if you want to unclick your uh, video there, we can see you. Yeah, let's see where we're at here. Just on the bottom left corner, you'll see a video camera and just click it. Uh, what's up? There we go. Bluetooth switch to go. Uh, start. Oh, wait. There we go. I think I might have it. There you go, my oh, friend. Oh. No, he's gone. Oh, there we are. There he is. There, there we go. What's up, guys? What's How up, Yogi Mark? Not a lot, man. How you guys doing? Oh, great. I was just telling Tim today before you uh, you got here. I've I've been doing your your yoga program. I've been doing yoga for a long time, but I met Mark at the Tourist Striker Golf Academy on the second day. Uh, Marty Chuck. 
uh, gets us all with uh, Mark in her room, and it's the the after the, and it's it's brilliant how he does it because after a, a full day on the range, you need to sort of stretch things out. And I was fascinated by how Mark has married yoga with golf stretch specific golf stuff. And he's our guest today. He's the golf yogi at golfyogi.com. Mark, just a little ba- a bit of background though before we talk about sure. why yoga is beneficial for golfers. I was saying to Timmy, you were a tour player, mini tour player. Been around, you're a very good player for a long time. And how did that you go from a, a, a sort of tour level tour level level golfer to someone interested in something as as Tim says, woo woo is yogi. <laughs> I like that. Hey, hey, hey uh, I said yoga's woo woo. Come on, I'll say woo it. woo. Woo is okay. Yeah, you know, I I turned pro pretty early. I turned pro at 21. Uh, knocked it around pretty much every every mini tour in the country for about 10 years. And uh, you know, I turned pro in 2001, and that's really about the time that golf fitness kind of took off. Um, you know, it. it there wasn't a lot that people were doing at the time. All we all we saw was Tiger, you know, going from this, you know, skinny, lanky teenager to all of a sudden the guy, you know, looks like a linebacker. And so everybody all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we got to, you know, I guess I guess golfers are athletes now. Um, so I got into yoga. My, my wife dragged me to my first class kicking and screaming. I had no desire to do it. Uh, I was into being a gym rat. I was into lifting and, and everything else. And um, this was my this would have been my second year uh, out knocking around mini tours and I just saw huge benefits of it um, you know I wasn't I don't want to say and I, I you know I know how everybody about this in the academy I don't want to say I was getting hurt getting hurt all the time from lifting but it was constant annoyances you know like oh the shoulder's tight well what did we do yesterday oh we did chest that and tighten up the shoulder probably wasn't great for him yada yada and what I immediately saw from yoga, um, you know, I mean, yeah, that, you know, Howard, you practice a lot of yoga and, you know, we get the, the mental side and the breathing, but the physical side for golfers is what I, I really started to, to fall in love with. And, you know, you finish a yoga class and you feel almost inspired and uplifted, not beat up and, and just smoked after you, you know, kind of like you do after, uh, after lifting or after some other workouts. So, it just really kind of worked for me and especially being on the road it was to me it made it a lot easier because for a a year or two you know you get on the road you're playing an event and the first thing when you get in there it's like all right you know again 2001 you're looking for the yellow pages uh where's you know where's the closest gym where can we get in hey will you will you let me work out for the week for 20 bucks or oh we got a hotel gym and need it has a you know a, a treadmill and exactly you know two four pound weights and that's it they'll figure out what to do so it was nice i started throwing my yoga mat in my travel bag and and could do everything i needed to do to warm up in the morning could get done in the evenings if i you know was a little sore or tight or whatever could work it out right there in the room and and it just it just kind of simplified things when you know and when you're on the road 30 40 weeks a year simplification is nice so it it helped a lot of different ways for me from the get-go. Now, Mark, just let me ask Tim a question, because Tim coaches young um, university athletes who are, I guess, what are they, Timmy, 19, 20, 21? Yep, around there. And, and now it's uh, when, when Mark was trying to play, that, as you described, Mark, everyone wanted to look like Tiger, who looked like a defensive back or, or a linebacker. Yeah. But, Timmy, those kids now... 20 years later, technology being what it is, are they more um, aware of those kind of 
not just maybe yoga, but different working out uh, regimes? Everyone on our team works out. For sure. But is it still yeah. is it still weights or is it a combination of movements and I'd say it's a combination. It, it's it's um, a good mixture of resistance training uh, with everything from bands to um, to lifting weights. Uh, certainly, we do a number of things that that uh, borrow from yoga. Certainly, um, holding positions that that type of thing, uh, moving. Uh, being aware of, of say breathing. We mm-hmm. start every workout. Everyone just lies on their back. And we breathe and we feel our, in essence, our back of our chest, the, of, of our lungs just kind of expand into the floor. And just that sort of like, so that's kind of a grounding piece that's starting to almost, you know, get some blood flow, expand into our thoracic parts of ours. I like throwing around words like that. It makes it sound like I know what I'm talking <laughs> well, you about. Know, it's, it's funny because um, well, I can tell you do know what you're talking about. It's weird. At, at the yeah. place, I, I was doing some physio this past winter, and I noticed with the younger athletes that, that come in to do rehab, the physio model has changed in, in the time that Tim and I have been around because I think physio and people like – that's why I asked you about the, the university-age kids. I think they're doing a lot more – expansion as opposed to just muscle creation. And I guess you see that too with players you work with, Mark. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, you know, I tell people this a lot. I, uh, I've used a lot of the things that I've gotten from yoga and, and kind of added it in and, and I do my own kind of golf fitness style training. Um, and I work with a number of juniors, a, a, a lot between, Oh, I'd say 12, 13 years old and then and then up to uh, 17, 18 years old in high school. And it's, you know, it's like I tell everybody, it, yoga is not the answer. It's part of it. Lifting weights is not the answer. It's part of it. Being mobile and being able to move and being able to drive into the ground and create ground force and, and create power from the ground up, that's what we're seeing. And I think that's a lot of fun with the technology these days is that we can look and, and put somebody, you know, right on the monitors and, and, you know, right on to, uh, you know, to see what their numbers are all the time. And so it makes it really easy to see if what we're doing is working or it's not, but it's a, it's a huge, you know, the mobility, the flexibility piece, being able to breathe properly. You know, I spend a lot of time with my tournament players talking about the breath and how to use the breath to calm the heart rate, how to, you know, use the breath to, to get you centered in the middle of a round, especially when things aren't going exactly how you want them to so it's uh i love it now you know there's not a major league baseball nfl college program um in the in the country that isn't using mobility yoga stretching movement and strength training you know push pull it's all you know we're getting so many good sides of it together now and and these athletes now um, this new gen- generation of athletes coming up, the high school, the college kids are, you know, have so much technology at their disposal that we've learned that, hey, it's not just this. You mm-hmm. don't just practice yoga and all of a sudden that's all you need to do or you don't just lift weights and that's it. So it's I, I love what Tim's saying. You know, there's uh, so many programs that are really doing things the right way now and getting getting uh, people strong specifically for their sport and uh you know that's huge that's we're starting to see that we don't train you know golfers the same way we train football players and the same way no, for you know, sure. we train baseball players it's you know we're finding those differences and and really able to pinpoint how to get people better now 
It's interesting. So you talk about NFL teams, MLB using yoga. However, I still find that with men, particularly men of a older older, there's still some resistance. That yoga is still kind of a yoga is still kind of this weird out there thing. You know, my, uh-huh. it's, it's like. You know, you can float up into the ooze or something, uh, <laughs> doing a namaste thingy. Right. Um, so maybe the way to help get around that, how did you start? To, so you said you were drag kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. What made the 100%. difference for you that you think that some men might relate to? Um, I, it, that's an interesting question, Tim. It, what made the difference for me is I just I didn't care. Um, when I first started getting into yoga and I tell people this all the time, you know, my wife took me to my first class and if you went to a class then, you know, 2001 to 2000, somewhere right in there, um, if there were 60 people in the class, 58 of them were women. Now you go to a normal yoga class and, and 60 people are in there. It might be 40, 20, it might be 30, 30. Yeah. Um, so it's guys have kind of figured out how to check that ego a little bit and realize there is some benefit to it. For me to be a hundred percent honest with you, Tim, I kind of own the fact that, you know, Hey, I'm a, you know, country boy from Arkansas. I, I live in Scottsdale now. I've been here for a long time, but you know, if, if you can get a, a beer drinking, steak eating, you know, country boy from Arkansas to understand the benefits of this, that I think everybody can find something in there with it. But well, are you still uh, beer drinking and steak eating? Just absolutely. You kidding me? Absolutely. There you go. You know, it's funny. I, <laughs> I, I went, I think a lot of guys go to their first yoga class the same way. I went with my, uh, my wife at the time and I was self-conscious it was about, uh, I've been doing it about 15 years, off and on. And so in my mid-40s, I, I was the only guy or one of two guys in a class. But I'll relate this to golfers because we're so, we so want to, you know, part of the problem with the mental side of the game is we so want to own golf. And I took that sort of mindset into yoga thinking I was going to become a scratch yoga guy. I thought, okay. <laughs> like, and I'm like, and I learned early on, I kind of looked around and I went, you know, I, there's some, like, first of all, I'm not as flexible as most of the people in this room, but I'll tell you, Mark and Tim, it took me a long time, and I know I heard this expression probably a hundred a hundred times, someone said, it's not yoga perfect, it's called yoga practice, but I didn't care, I just wanted to be a scratch, yeah. and then somewhere, oh, yeah. somewhere in my early to mid-50s, I kind of caught on to the fact that it wasn't about getting perfect at these poses, and I'll relate to something Mark says in his program. It's about like 75% is as far as you need to go. Mm-hmm. But I, I sort of relaxed a few years ago, like a lot of things when you get older. And I thought, you know what? I'm here. I'm sweating. I'm having a great time. I'm learning to breathe under pressure. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, that's one thing that yoga does for golfers. And I, I caught on to this is that because your mind is screaming, when is this going to be over? <laughs> this, this is too yeah. hard. And every teacher would say, listen, you get to the, you just breathe through that and you calm down your sympathetic nervous system. So talk about, uh, did you, did you do that when you first started? You wanted to be really great at it. Yeah. You know, uh, when I first started yoga, I got in there and, and a lot like you're saying the breathe through it, focus on the breath, the, you know, a lot of the teachers, it's a moving meditation. Um, you know, I heard a lot of that and I was like, all right, you know, sweet. I want to do that rap and then I want to do some handstands and then I want to do some <laughs> arm balances. And then, you know, it's like, That's right, yeah. I don't want the rest of this crap. I want the stuff that looks really cool 
that makes me seem like I really know what I'm doing. That's right. Um, and I'll be honest with you, when I started to really play around with the breath, and I've studied a lot about the breath since I, you know, especially since I quit playing and I've just been on the fitness side. Um, when you start to find that, and, and I, one thing that I tell to everybody, every, the goal of every yoga pose and of every stretch is to be able to relax. It doesn't matter if we're doing handstands. It's how do I relax, breathe into the body, and, and really become present and just be here. And, you know, there's when I first uh, – when I quit playing golf for a living, I was done. I was out. I wanted nothing to do with the game of golf. I wanted to move back to Arkansas, work for Fayetteville. Uh, where the University of Arkansas is there. I wanted to go open a yoga studio and just just be done, just, you know, kind of relax. And the more uh, I, I st- went through my first teacher training um, and I just saw the parallels and, and things like that. Like, you know, I don't want to relax and be in this pose. I want to think about the next one that we're doing. Well, when you get into that place, as you know, Howard, and you actually accept that pose that day, you breathe through it and you just – understand that you're in it i mean boy that's a whole lot like golf mm-hmm. i just hit this crap shot or you know i just rattled off two birdies i'm not thinking about trying to put this next tee shot in play i'm thinking well if i birdie the next three you know it's so how do we get to that place where we're really present we're we're aware of what's going on in the moment not trying to think ahead not thinking behind well that's what they say all the time in yoga can you stay in the room and we say that mm-hmm. tim in our in our world we talk about can you be where your body is on the golf course, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Timmy, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I uh, that I wanted to check out with you was, so I'm a gym rat. I've been going for years mm-hmm. and years, and but I had to learn that going to the gym could be not uh, necessary. Tim, your audio just cut out there, bud. Timmy. This has never happened during our recording. Oh, there you are. I can hear Mark. Mark, you can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. I lost Timmy as well. Yeah, Timmy's gone. We can't hear you there, bud. Uh, here, here. I feel like he's got to be saying something really interesting. <laughs> no, exactly. Right now. Like, you know, it's that. It's, it's like it's, when you miss the, you know, you miss the audio on a game for a minute. It's like, wait, what did you just say? What just happened? No, this I, something happened. It was going to be the most profound thing that's ever been. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, he's saying he's going to leave exactly. and come back. I okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'll just continue talking to you. Listen, I, I, yeah. uh, I will say this because uh, when Tim's, we can catch up to what he was going to say about being a gym rat, but having, sure. having, you know, I have, I've had a, people listening to the show know I've had a couple of periods in my life where. You know, I was a good player, close to scratch, played at a high level, and then kind of lost my way mentally. Timmy, can we hear you? I don't know. Can yeah, you there you me? are. There he is. Um, Great. Okay. Well, we'll just finish this quick quick yeah, point. Sure. But I will tell you, very much like yoga, learning to be more present on the golf course, and the reason Tim and I started this uh, podcast four years ago now, and, and Mark, we've talked to some of the biggest names in the game, whether it's Sean Foley or Carl Morris or, but, uh, or Fred Shoemaker's been on the show. And, and what our sort of raison d'etre, which is French for reason to be, our reason to be was to show golfers that the real sweet stuff of golf isn't learning a new position on your backswing. It's being more present, being in the moment, and, and and maybe not beating yourself up for the shitty hole you just had or the good hole you're going to have. And that's how we sort of started. And interestingly 100%. enough, yoga is a great companion 
for that physically. Now, Timmy, you were saying uh, before we lost you that you've been a gym rat all your life and then continue after that. Well, I think there's a, a connecting thought in that I used to think that you had to go to the gym and I had to max out. Right. When yeah. I've done when I've done my third set, I had just be spent. And mm-hmm. I found that that, didn't, that wasn't a pleasurable experience. And yeah. a lot of times it was like, I don't want to go to the gym. Oh, it's hard work. Um, mm-hmm. And I found that once I sort of relaxed that, going to the gym was a lot easier. But I have a sense that one of the great attractions of yoga is that when you go to whatever you call it, a yoga practice, a session, whatever it is. Yoga studio. There you go. It's a pleasurable experience and that Mm -hmm. you can be there and stay with, and it's easy to stay with it. Yeah, there's going to be moments in which you're – you're struggling with the pose. I, I loved it when Howard was talking about it. He would be shaking. Oh, yeah. Hold it. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, and the funny thing about it is your mind is it, – it's so much like golf because you're, you're like, how do I look or am I doing this right? And I'll tell you, just like golf, when I, you know, I transitioned to golf spiritual leader, when I finally became comfortable – in the yoga studio with how I looked and it didn't matter and some people were better and some people weren't. I didn't care anymore. It's when I started to really enjoy it at a much deeper level. Right, Mark? A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I have this conversation with a lot of my clients, um, you know, talking about uh, not looking for perfect, looking for improvement, not looking for one huge thing that's going to make the difference. Like I always say, you know, a whole lot of little bottles make a big bottle. And you find a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, all of a sudden we're getting a lot better. Um, and it is, you know, it. it's kind of like what I tell, one of my big lines is I hate it when I hear my clients, when I hear, you know, even friends that are that are good players, I'm going to go hit balls. There's no point in that. What are you trying to accomplish? Are you going to go hit balls or are you going to go hit shots? You know, are we going to go hit balls for an hour where 150 times in a row we're trying to do the exact same thing? And where's that perfect shot? Okay, the minute I hit it perfect, we're going to be closer. So if I keep working on a perfect swing and hitting it perfect, then my golf game is going to get better instead of, hey, I wonder if I can hit a cut eight iron to there. All right, now I wonder if I can turn an eight iron over from there. I wonder if I can flight it down a little bit. I wonder if I can hit the high one. And really, that's where practice comes in. It's the same thing that there's no right or wrong in yoga. If you're not hurting yourself, you're doing something properly. Everybody's body works differently. And, and Howard, I think I shared this with you. I was actually born with my feet facing behind me, totally pigeon-toed in. So my hips have always been collapsed forward. I, I had a hard time with external rotation in the hips. I was attracted to a lot of the things in yoga because of how difficult they were, but I knew they would make me a better player. So I, I think I was almost lucky in dealing with, I don't want to say a, a, a handicap. It's not, you know, I run fine. I, I do Ironmans. I race mountain bikes. I, you know, it's not like my hips are a big problem, but I had to work for a while to make my hips not be a problem, to not have that low back pain from, from swinging and from playing and, you know, practicing all day. So it, it's, it is kind of one of those that, you know, when we get rid of the perfect – and we're just there. We're just part of it. We're going through it. Some days it's right. Some days it's not. But you know, you're you're getting something more real out of that. Well, let's unpack some of that. I love when I love when people on TV say that. Let's unpack that, Mark and Tim. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about two things in particular because Timmy and I, you know, Tim's in great shape. He's you know, uh, we're in our sixties, and uh, but all golfers have sort of tightness in two key places. Uh, and Mark's already helped me with one of them, which is 
you know, in, in yoga, there's a lot of hip opening. But right. but hip opening also helps your lower back. And, and Tim, you know, no matter how good a shape we're in relative to our ages, lower back and tight hips are are two things that we don't think I, I don't think we talk enough in, in golf as a as a pathway to improving your swing without worrying about where you are in P three. Mm-hmm. Now do yeah, you, yeah. In, no indeed. Um until you start to become aware of what's going on with your body, you're not going to be able to access your your golf swing or your ability to hit shots because we're, th- those things are going to be in your blind spots. And I think for a lot of men, uh, generally, they're, they're very disassociated from their body. They don't even know what's going on because they live most of their life in their, in their heads. And um, so, yeah, I mean, being able to – to actually have some hip flexibility and know the the cost that you pay for chronic sitting, you know. So so I'll just go straight here. In turn, you know, there's a lot of you, you can access things on the internet, traditional yoga. How does somebody get started in in exploring yoga and, and how it could benefit their golf? Uh, you know, I think an easy way to that is there is a lot of information online. I have a a uh, uh, an online video that I sell off of my website that everybody that comes to the Academy gets, uh, Howard got it when he came and, and it's about 55 minutes. It's, it's very, very simple. It's very basic. Um, that's a, you know, and there are a ton of great onlines. You can go to, um, you know, yoga journal has a lot of, of really good online stuff, but, and I think Howard will probably agree with this one as well. As much as I love being able to do stuff online, as much as I enjoy you know, my wife and I have a gym in our house, um, that I do a lot of yoga and, and privately and just by myself, just playing around with things. But if if somebody said, I want to get into this, I want to try this, I want to see what it's all about, I'd send them to a studio. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter if you have world-famous teachers or teachers that have just practiced it for a while and they have a passion for it. They want to share that with, with other people. Um, the one thing that I tell people is, if you've never been to a yoga class, you want to try it out. You want to start with it. Start with an intro to yoga or a basics yoga class. Don't go jump into a hot yoga class. You're going to get injured. You're going to go too far. It's easy for all of us to do. Even with even for those of us who have been practicing for a long time, hot yoga classes make it very easy to go past our our um, our comfort spot without really realizing it mm-hmm. um, until the, until the next day when we can't get out of bed or, or off the toilet, you know, one of the two and we go, Oh, I went too far. <laughs> well, I will if say I this get off the toilet. That would be too far. Yeah, that, That's a, that's a completely far. bad pose. Um, listen, I will tell you, uh, Mark's site is called the golf Yogi Y O G I.com. The golf Yogi.com. And I'm not just saying that because I got to see Mark in person and we've been talking a little bit online. He's given me a couple of little warm-ups that I love. But I would just say from somebody that's done hot yoga and regular yoga that Mark's introduction to yoga for those men that are still a little bit like, I don't know, man. I'll just tell you this. If you want to hit the ball better, easier, if you're looking for some mobility, if there's some things, there are things in your golf swing you want to do but can't. Mark's got a great and it is a it's a 55 minute uh, thing. I've done it a few times now. Nice. And um, now I did regular. I'm going to say regular yoga. I did an hour regular class today here in my my isolation with my girlfriend. And that, and that's not a beginner's class. But I will tell you, when I get to poses that I find 
too much for me as opposed to 10 years ago. I still try it. Now I'm like, I'm I'm good. I'm just going to breathe for a couple of seconds. But Mark's got a great introduction for golfers because hip mobility, lower back pain, IT band tightness. There's a list as long as your heart, your arms that hurt too. Uh, Mark's got a great sort of nice beginner to intermediate level. Nothing too hard to do. But I think for golfers, Tim, that still think it's a bit whatever, it would be a nice pathway to get your appetite wet because all golfers want is anything that'll make them better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I that we talk about all the time in this show is that um, when people talk about sort of mental performance, they think it's about thinking. And no, it, thinking begets more thinking and particularly even trying positive thinking. It, it don't work. Where we find and access our our true talent and just the gold that we have as a consequence of being a human being is accessing our body being aware of that being aware of my body if i if my brain is starting my mind is starting to okay let's say i got a good score going i'm standing on the 16th tee and think if i just par in from here i'm in the future yeah i can use my body as an ally to anchor myself in the present moment and I just think that yoga would be a wonderful way to get your reps in and being in the present moment. What say yeah. you, Mark? You know, it, and I completely agree with that, Tim. And I think as um, tournament players and, and, and golfers that are really trying to improve their game uh, with exactly what you're saying, and I, I talked to a lot of my juniors. I've, I've actually got a number of my juniors that just in the past couple of weeks have uh, have committed to, to D1 scholarships. So they're, we're, we're talking about a lot of the extra things that go along with this, not just the body movement, but we're, we're really talking quite a bit about mentality with a lot of these kids who are, are getting ready to make a pretty good jump. And one of the things that I talk a lot about is, and we've heard this for a long time, you know, any, any athlete's biggest fear is generally quicksand, you know, and that being, I've got it going and I hit a bad shot. And instead of, all right, let's take our medicine, get this back out and play. Maybe we can save a par. Worst case, we're going to throw a bogey on there. We try to hit the career shot. We hit a bad shot. We make another bad decision. And all of a sudden we're over our heads and we can't breathe. And so I think where you're kind of going and and just to play off of what you said there, one of the biggest things in going into the body is what, and especially for tournament players, what can we control? And we all know this as good golfers. It it doesn't matter how good you are, how bad you are. When you have it going and all of a sudden something happens and it doesn't keep going there anymore, you know, that way that you want it to go anymore, we feel like it's out of our control. We feel like – I can't do anything right. I hit a good shot and it's bad. I hit a bad shot and it's worse. And so to be able to control anything as an athlete and especially looking at the breath, being able to control your breath, elongate your breath. Coolest thing I found in researching the breath and athletes and, and looking at the yogic breath and ujjayi breathing and all that is if we can hear our own breath, we are slowing down our heart rate. That's why when we run too fast, too far, too hard, and we're, (sighs) that's why we're doing it. That's not voluntary. That's our body saying, whoa, calm down, (laughs) need to breathe, heart rate needs to come down a little bit, which is why in yoga, it's such a big deal to have proper breathing, to work on that ujjayi breath, to, to fire it up in the throat, to make it audible. And that's another one asking, you know, when I first started practicing yoga, I walked into that same class with 58 women out of 60 people, and I'm like, 
why the hell are they all breathing like Darth Vader? What's, yeah, exactly. What's going on in here? You know, but then you understand that's where it's getting into it. That's how you calm the body. That's how you keep the heart rate under control so we can keep going. So having that control, Tim, with what you're saying, being able to control anything when we're in that environment is huge for golfers. You know, Timmy's been talking about, you know, with his players and with his clients about, you know, and we often reference this uh, this concept of being where your body is because your body can only be in the present tense. But I can tell you from, you know, experiencing as much yoga as I have recently, last three or four or five years, and also playing tournament golf that, you know, there it, it is what you said, Mark. And Tim, we talk about this all the time. What you can control is your response, not your reaction to a bad shot or a bad situation. But you can also control getting back to where you are, and whether it's taking those 10 steps that Carl Morris talks about, or if it's uh, Ellen Langer talking about notice something different, or Paul Doolin saying eyes up, tits up. Whatever it is to get you out of your head and back into a sense of what's going on. And it is, isn't it interesting, Timmy, and I'm sure Mark will agree, that the, the best players under pressure tiger jack are are very aware of where they are they're not in the future they're not worrying about absolutely the sh- you know like the, the classic story of nicholas not trying to fix his swing while the round is going on which is what most people are doing isn't it absolutely. interesting that 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 the, the best yeah no the best golfers know that they can merely influence what the ball does they could just just influence it. So what they do is they control the controllables mm-hmm. and things that they can control is the best they can do is with their body and focus on, on breath, what's going on. Maybe for, for them walking down the fairway could be feeling their feet on the ground, maybe feeling their, their abs or something. Because what's going to happen through these things is that when I put my focus of attention on one part of my body, I'll keep it there for a bit and then then I'll, I'll start thinking. It's totally natural. Nothing wrong with that. That's the way we're, our brains are wired to keep us alive. So that's what it does. But it's based on our intention to bring it back. And, you know, so, it's, so it could be breath. It could be a different part of our body. Just one quick story. Uh, I thought it was really interesting last year when uh, Tiger's on the 72nd green at Augusta. He's about to win his 15th major. And he's got about an 18-inch putt. And he's waiting for whoever he's playing with to, to clean up. And Jim Nance goes, I wonder what he's thinking. And I went, Jim, Tiger's not thinking. Yeah, Tiger's <laughs> he's breathing. Not, he's not thinking about what this means. Tiger is anchored in some part of his body, is breathing or something. But think about this before you answer, Mark. Think about what ti- the, the perfect soup of Tiger was a father who was military special ops and a mother who was Eastern philosophy. I mean, it's kind of what we're talking about. You can train your golf swing, right, Mark? But if you don't train your brain and your body to be present, it's hard to put it all together for even the finest players. A hundred percent. And I mean, we're talking about, you know, we play a game and, and Tiger is, you know, Tiger's the best I've ever seen at it. I was I was really, really young when Jack was, uh, was still in his prime. So, you know, Tiger's the best example I've seen in my life, but you see, you know, what he does with the brain. And it's, it's almost like, you know, everything I've read and studied about Ali. I mean, he beat you before he got there. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something that when you look at the best, 
and and being able to be in that moment, being able to understand the moment and it, the moment not being too big for you. And we all experience that, whether we're playing $2 Nassau's with our buddies or whether we're playing for major championships, you know, it's, but being able to have that control and exactly what you're saying, you know, Tiger's dad, you know, really, really hard on him, made things very, very difficult. Um, you know, Tiger's mother, you know, into Buddhism, into, you know, enlightenment, into being in the present moment, into breathing, into these, these, some of these Eastern philosophies. And that's, you know, we see a lot of that now. I mean, as, you know, from sports to, to, uh, you know, medicine, to everything we're seeing, we're starting to see these different ways of doing it. But yeah, I mean, exactly what you're saying with Tiger being able to control that, kind of back to, to what I was just saying, being able to control anything in that environment, you know, is, is huge for a golfer, is huge for any competitor. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, interesting. I'll make even a connection to doing this podcast. So when we first started, you know, Howard's a scratch broadcaster. I'm, you know, I'm a 20 handicapper, if that. <laughs> and we'd be rolling along and, and we'd just be, it'd be like two guys at a bar just chatting about golf and stuff. And then, and then we'd go, hey, coach, what would you tell a golfer who faces this situation? So all of a sudden I feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm on the spot. I need to prove right. my credibility. I got to come up with something brilliant. And I would just feel my chest and my throat just kind of clench. Sure. And, and I would sort of stammer out something. And what I learned was that's just like an old response. It's an old fear response. And so what I would do, I would just, when it happened, I'd be, oh, oh, that's what's happening. I'm aware of it. And I would just breathe. Mm-hmm. Just that's one it. breath. That'd well, be it. If I just and, then make- something, and then something would percolate up. And yeah. maybe some days it'd be pretty good and some days not so great. But at least I used awareness of my breath to, to more so it was more of an allowing than a trying to be effing brilliant well he's right to yeah. a point mark it's, he wasn't a 20 handicapper and I was a plus seven but anyway um, before we let you go you know I, I, I love that yeah. you mentioned Ali because uh, years ago yeah. I took Taekwondo for about three years and one of the things yeah. I learned early on in Taekwondo was that all martial arts really is is to get you comfortable being able to breathe while someone's trying to punch you in the face. And isn't that really what golf is? Yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, yeah. I mean, it's I'll, constantly I've being punched in the face. What's that? It's you know, I, I've always loved that line that everybody Absolutely. has a plan until they get punched in the face. Exactly. And, and it's funny while while Tim was just saying that and how he kind of felt going on, it all I was thinking too was when I I I had just quit playing golf for a living. That had been my life for, you know, my entire life. And I get into the fitness world. I'm teaching some yoga. I'm working a little bit of golf fitness. And everybody that I had, whether it was a class or whether it was an individual, I had a plan. And I was going into that class and I was going into that individual workout with this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. And it's going to be unbelievable. And, okay, hey, I know we've been going to – a little slower we're gonna go hard today and we're gonna murder this and we get there and it's like hey man you know i haven't been feeling that right i kind of need something slower or all right you know <laughs> i've got this i've got this this awesome flow that i'm gonna do with this whole group of golfers and it's gonna be the greatest thing they've ever seen and i get there and my group that day is the most inflexible immovable forget about flows how are we gonna do simple forward fold? so it's like all of these great ideas and finally yeah. it was like dude it's fine to have an idea of what you might like to do. But I mean, I was writing down, you know, Hey, hey this, I want to hit this. I want to hit this. This is why we want to do this. This I'm so prepared. And I get there and it's like, 
well, let's rip that up and actually figure out what we can do today. So but that's such so, a dude, eh? Know, such a dude. I know, but that's so analogous. <laughs> that's so analogous to guys and golfers 100%. and uh, yeah. whether you're doing, you know, a presentation. This, you know, right? one of the one of the ways I love that explained, I've said this to Tim a couple times since I heard it on a World War II documentary, no plan survives. No plan can survive contact with the enemy. And isn't that's, golf that's isn't that fair. golf every day? Listen, man, that's fair. I got to Absolutely. tell you. When we met, I know you're a friend of my buddy Marty's, and Marty said, "Oh, yeah. we're gonna, you know, we had a group of about ten people, and and he said, oh, we're going to do yoga today.' I'm like, all right, yoga schmoga, I do right. it. But I'll tell you what, I not not only did Rachel and I love it and thought you were great, but I looked around that class that day, and Tim, it's a bunch of men in their fifties, early sixties. Most I don't think Mark had ever done what we did. We got on a mat, we did some stretching." But I got to tell you, I think to a person, everyone left there feeling better after a full day of hitting golf balls. But also, you know, maybe getting a little insight in, into maybe this isn't so for other people or I can't do it. I think I think a few people got a real kick out of it because they because like most golfers are just looking for a way to make golf easier, make it better, have more fun. And I thought you did a great job. Well, I appreciate that, Howard. It's, uh, you know, it's, that's one of the, the challenges, like we, we talked about when I first got on with you guys today, um, trying to get it to where people have any sort of a, any sort of desire to even try yoga and whatever else. And I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this. I'll tell you guys a quick story real quick. I don't want to keep you forever, but uh, the course where I practice mostly during my career uh, is a very large place, has a lot of golf courses in it under the, under the same name. And, uh, they have a huge fitness facility. I knew the girl that ran a bunch of their stretching classes really well back then. And I was in there working out every day, you know, when I was playing for a living, I'd finish practicing and then just go to the gym there and get my workouts in. And they started a um, yoga for men class, which I thought was brilliant that guys don't have to worry about their egos and what do I look like in front of the girls who know what they're doing sort of thing. I thought it was brilliant. And they were getting, we're talking, this place has thousands of members, uh, this, this club. And, and they were getting three, four, six, two, three. And so after, after a month, they suspended it. And I, I talked to the, the fitness director about it, the girl that I knew really well. I said, so what's the deal? Like nobody was showing up or what? And she was like, no, nah, man, there's nobody. And I said, all right. She said, but I've got an idea. I'll let you know after it. I'll let you know if it works. I said, okay. So they took the class off the schedule for a month. It was it was like 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. I forget which. And a month later, they brought it back, and they called it Men's Stretch. They just took the word yoga out of it. 30 people every class with a waiting list. Wow. All right? So it's that. Got it. it's, it's the guys kind of having that, wait, yoga? Yeah. Is this, is it a religion? Are we all going to be Buddhists when we walk out of the room? Are we going to be chanting and oming and all this weird crap? And it. So anyway, it's um, yeah, that's really I, good. You know, I'm totally I'm get so it. So glad that I got to meet you and, and enjoy it down there. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the class. I loved it, home. man. That's really and nice of you to say. So well, I want everyone to and, and listen. It's worth it if you're because we're all listening. We're all inside right now. We're all self quarantining and isolating. If you go to thegolfyogi.com, it's a really nice introduction to it. Uh, Mark's uh, amazing at it. Not only a great instructor, but, instructor, but makes it make sense for golfers. And I want everyone to go check it out. I'll tell you the last thing before you go. When, I, when guys ask me if they should go to a yoga class, I always say, just think about it. There's only four words you have to remember. Women in yoga pants. 
have right, a, you know, <laughs> and you're way like a, and you're outnumbered. Yeah, you're all way you have outnumbered. To know, if you're like women oh, in well. yoga pants, you're gonna love this class. <laughs> all right, dude, take care. Hey, thanks so much, Our Tim. You guys have a good day. All right, cheers, there's uh, you, man. just uh, you end yourself there. Mark Williamson is the okay. golf. Yeah, good. Keep going. We're just gonna keep going. You, there you go. Uh, Mark Williamson, the golf yogi. So much that about was really fun. No, he's a great really guy. And, and you know what I was thinking too is that when everyone is uh, isolated, um, having to stay home, the gyms are all closed. Hey, yeah. you could do gym yoga at home. Can you uh, remove him from the uh, thing? I'm not sure if he's disconnected there. Can you see that? I'll, I'll remove him. Remove as the host of this Zoom meeting. You know, Timmy, I got to tell you. Uh, like there, you, I love the power. I removed him. Yeah, you've been. I like uh, him, but he's a great guy. You've been uh, coaching sort of through uh, Skype or Zoom for a while. We've been doing our show on Zoom. Before that, we had people on Skype, so we're kind of used to it. But there's a big shift the last three weeks. We'll say to people have all gone to their homes and are all doing their work from home. But there's so much remote. You know, we were talking about this. I think before the show about getting together with people. You know, we've been having these Zoom brunches, etc. But I will tell you, I, I think what's going to happen is we're all going to reconfigure how we do a lot of things. Because I've done, I've done his program. I've been in the house now almost two weeks, and I do it every day. But I've done his program a couple times. I've done my, my, my studio has been providing some online stuff. And I said to my lady this morning, I said, you know, I like this because I've done my class. I'm at home. I, I, I like doing it with another person because I think that keeps you, uh, you know, there's a little, uh, what do you call it, Timmy? A little accountability. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But so with just her and I or another person, but I found it very convenient to be here. I, and I don't know what that says about what things are going to look like when it's over, but I got to tell you, there's a lot of things like gyms and online studios and these things that, that things will have changed when this is over. Oh, absolutely. Well, time is one of our most valuable resources. You, you think of like a lot of uh, you know, professionals. They are they're such time misers. Yeah. And this is going to help them understand uh, how to use technology to to use that time really wisely and efficiently. Um, as I was talking to you, uh, even just a, a, a friend who's kind of a business a, acquaintance, we'd been talking about getting together for coffee for, for months, and I didn't want to drive with it. Basically, that's three hours. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, half hour, 45 to get there, <laughs> sit and have the coffee, and then drive all the way home, whatever. But we jumped on a Zoom call for a half hour. That's beautiful. You know, and also what I've also found is that uh, a number of the organizations I'm in, We've like Toastmasters. So we had 10 or 12 people on our Toastmasters Club meeting on uh, 7.15 a.m. Wednesday morning. And there's a lot of interaction, a lot of, and, and people giving speeches, for God's sakes. And it all works. And, you know, as I said earlier, it, I belong to a men's group. Every Thursday night we meet. And guys are doing some serious emotional work. And I think part of what it is, just to drone on a little bit more, is – it's the context is that, okay, if we can't get together and this is the next best thing, mm-hmm. we'll make it work. So I think people are a little bit more willing to risk or just go into it or just kind of 
let's go for it. Well, I also think that socializing in this way, you know, I was telling you, I've got this group of people that, you know, we we have we're having brunch now every Sunday. And there was like four or five different, you know, panels open on our Zoom. And after the sort of initial haha, self-conscious, I'm looking into a computer screen. But we sat there where I was. Rachel and I were having our breakfast. Fred and Delise were having breakfast there. My ex-wife, who we're all still friends with, she was having breakfast. And after a while, you get the same socialization and whatever the dopamine or the endorphin rush of... of You don't get the physical contact, but you do get contact. And I think people in isolation, as we all are right now, it's very important. You know, other than Rachel... Uh, it's been over a week since I've had anyone else in this house because for the week before, Fred was still coming in. Our producers were coming in. And then we said, okay, enough's enough now. But I feel like I've had contact with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's a, there's a really interesting realization and a change in how people are seeing these things. And, and that, hey, Stan, how's it going? Yeah. Um, you safe? You safe, Stan? Um, Stan is that we are coming to understand the value of human connection yeah. and how really important it is. And you can even see it in the, in the language people are using now. People are moving more and more to, as opposed to calling it social distancing, it's physical distancing. Very, very different. We can use this technology to connect socially, uh, head-to-head, soul-to-soul, heart-to-heart, yep. uh, while being physically um, opposite to proximal. No, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> all right. You did good there, little Timmy. No, you're right. It's not because we're not being socially distant. We're being physically dis- distant right. uh, and self-isolating. But I will tell you that, you know, I, I paid, I'll just tell you, well, I paid $20 per yoga class that I go to. I think I've got a program right now that, I bought a package. You know, I'm between November and April, I'm going to three classes a week. And so whatever, maybe my package, uh, it's gotten down to 15 a class. Well, we paid $20 for a month of online access to the yoga system that Rachel and I both like. And mm-hmm. I, said that, I said that to her this morning. I'm like, okay, you and I just did a 45-minute class together. You know, I got a sweat going. I feel I've got some hip opening, good breathing. Uh, One of the things that Mark said that I think will also be a good connection for golfers is is yoga is like a moving meditation. So you also get a a chance to kind of calm down your mind a bit. But when it was over, I said, you know, that's I could do this. And and I feel bad because I like going to the studio, but -hmm. knowing I don't have to go. And maybe on a day when I was going to play, where there wasn't a class that was convenient, now I know I can get my yoga workout or whatever on a day where maybe it's not convenient to go to the studio. And I think that paradigm shift is going to be... They will, people will look back at this is this be, this period is being responsible for that. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I connected uh, uh, some dots from our last podcast and you were saying that and i not, hadn't connected this was that so much of yoga is focused on breathing and what came to me today was wow 
what a great way to get your reps in of being aware of your body and your breathing while you're moving. Now, because in golf, people talk, we talk about that all the time. I drone on incessantly about it, is that use your breath, use your body as an ally, as that anchor. So unless you're like a real meditator, unless you're like every day sitting on the cushion, if you will, most people aren't getting their reps in. Yeah. But if you did yoga and you're focusing on your breath, you're focusing on breath while moving. And by That's the way, awesome. while moving under stress, because yes. I want you to know, like there is, uh, we didn't really get into the the difficulty, but yoga does a different, it, it, there is stress and not just how I look stressed, but when you're trying to hold a pose, your body is shaking and the instructor mm-hmm. will sometime cue you to, and I, one of my favorite instructors always says, listen, if you don't, it's something like, uh, you know, make sure you frown through this because it makes it easier because all of us have this really intense look in our <laughs> face. And she's always saying, hey, guys, just relax. And, yeah. and what I love about that is there's a physical sort of helmet fire going and, mm-hmm. and, and it just by learning to breathe. And, and one, of, one of my other favorite instructors always says, listen, this, this class isn't about your posing. It's about a one-hour breath class. And if you're not being, if you can't breathe, then you're not doing, all you're doing is you're doing, um, you're working out. If you can't breathe, you're, it's, a, it's a workout. So yoga is about your breath, not your posing, which is That's such really, a great thing really for golf, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Really interesting. Just one thing before we wind up here. Yep. One thing I'm just curious about, um, the whole thing about yacht, hot yoga. I've never done it. Yeah. Um, what's kind of like the pros and cons of it? I don't know. Have you ever done it? That's all I do. Oh, okay. It's, it's funny that he said that. Um, all I've ever done is hot yoga until this pandemic. This is the this is the only and his class. In fact, his class in Phoenix a month and a half ago was the first time I'd ever done yoga in a studio that wasn't heated. Now, mm. I never really thought about the fact that the heat I'll tell you it's a, it's great in terms of the sweat. And so when this is over, I'll go back to studio yoga for just that alone. The cons I never thought of what he said that sometimes it allows you to go further because your your muscles are so pliant. Yeah, yeah. But the the the, the pros is it is boy, it is some it, again it adds to the stress of your mind going I I don't know if I can stay in this room and, and yoga instructors to beginners always say the same thing. You don't the the key today is even if you have to lay down, try and stay here. Because mm-hmm. it's part of the mental Whatever, a key, you know, the mental gymnastics is I'm on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm on yeah. fire. But I will tell you, when it's over, that uh, you get that buzz, man. That I call it the post yoga, you know, you're just so slow and you're so. Love it, yes. You're just like, I walk up the stairs and I'm just like in a dream state. Yeah, it's Your something voice else. drops an octave. <laughs> <laughs> um, quickly before we uh, finish uh, this bro- uh, broadcast, uh, this program brought to you by TaylorMade. So uh, happy to be uh, part of their organization. Uh, how's the uh, isolation going? My biggest problem with isolation is my hands. I have never washed my hands so much, and oh, they are—they're so freaking chapped. <laughs> like no, my—you uh, know what? This is—I um, work from home. 
uh, this is no stretch for me at all. In fact, this is like, um, I'm worried I'm going to get way too used to this. Like, you know, if I cancel another meeting on my schedule, it's oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good. I'll have that afternoon free. No. Um, yeah, no big stretch to me. It's, it's, we're, we're still very careful with Corey. Uh, Corey was in Australia. So he's, he's still in the midst of his, uh, self quarantine thing or whatever they call it. Um, isolating the basement so every once in a while he'll come in the front door i go buddy you're supposed to come in the garage right. you know and i'll get like the little spray bottle you know with the alcohol in it and i'll go and wipe down the i feel a little bit stupid that way but you shouldn't it, it makes for some good humor yeah you know we're, we're we're having a lot of fun with it too um well i've been doing the show from the place i've lived now three and a half years so every day i get up do my show prep, come downstairs, sign on. We've been broadcasting remotely to different radio stations now so long. We're, we're just kind of like, you know, Freddie and I haven't physically worked in a radio station for over 10 years. But we physically have been in my home since September of 2016. So my day is very much like yours. You know, I get finished the show, I'm at home. The only problem that where I miss is I is the going out, you know, and not that I see that many people anyway, but the the other the biggest cancellation in my life is stand up because yeah, all yeah. of that is shut down. So and I don't know when that's going to open up again and I don't know when I'm going to feel comfortable you know in a group of people again. I don't know. Oh, I get it. When I'm in public, I you know, I I went to the grocery store, I think it was uh yesterday, whatever or whatever. And I was conscious that I was leaving lots of space. Some people weren't. And I, I remember I was in this other situation where this guy was talking to me. And it was kind of like at one of those parties, you know, with like, I don't know what they called them on Seinfeld, the close talker. Yeah, the people yeah, would get exactly, like really close yeah. to you. And I was like backing up, backing up, backing up. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty, I find I'm pretty aware of that. And it, it, just real quick, I was read an article today in the National Post, not my usual reading, but anyways, um, it was it was like I think they called them the COVID idiot, COVID idiots, you know, like the COVID people idiots. who like yeah, COVID idiots who like show you know go on the beaches and yes. show up in Vancouver and and what they're saying is that yeah, it's kind of it, it is dumb, but part of it is is that the messaging isn't quite as clear as it could be. You know, and that what we really should be saying is that there's you know upwards of ten thousand people infected, not that there's new four hundred new cases in Ontario because a nineteen year old's gonna go, Well, that's not a big number. Yeah. I'm young, I'm okay. So it's just you know, what I'm actually finding is that I'm not paying as much attention to media. Uh it's just here and there. You know, 'cause I 'cause when I do kind of go down the rabbit hole of it, it, it it's um it's really scary, man. Well, unfortunately for me and my job you know, yeah. I'm. I consume, and I'm. What I do, I consume a, an, a, an enormous amount of stuff every day, so that I can talk about it. But what what I've been doing is usually around at some point in the late afternoon or early evening. Usually after Trump's press conference, uh, which I love. Um, <laughs> I I usually shut it down. I uh, I've been trying to do that for yeah, for my yeah. mental health because good man. You know, between my daughters texting me, is everything going to be okay? And being in touch with, you know, sponsors and, and all sorts of stuff. It, it is a, it can be all consuming. Yeah. I think golf's a great diversion. I've been working on, you know, in my golf lab, I've been working on some stuff. 
I love reading about golf. And so I tell you, I'll be honest with you, I miss I miss watching it. Um, I miss the I look forward to like this weekend. I would be Sunday afternoons, kind of my for sure three or four hours on the couch eating sunflower seeds and and you oh know. yeah well you know what i think the reason i think there's a couple of different reasons they showed the valspar yeah it was one correct. as you as you noted it was tiger it was comeback. tiger <laughs> it was great but too it, but it was also watching for a lot of people they delighted in watching patrick reed self-immolate on the, on the 72nd <laughs> yeah. hole so that Paul Casey, Mr. Nice Guy, yeah, here's a tournament where a nice person wins. Yeah, but the, but read aside, <laughs> it was also just the idea, the, and I think they're going to do it again this weekend. It, it's, it, you know, my brother, he's about, I think he's three or four years older than me, but at our age, like I didn't, re- he said to me, I love watching this because I don't remember anything that happened. And, uh, <laughs> And I and I kind listen. I knew it was Tiger came in second because I'm a Tiger nerd. But you know, listening to Roger Maltby and Gary oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Gary Coke talk about where Tiger was in his comeback. That was 2018. He'd yet to win the Tour Championship, the Masters, the Zozo thing. So it was kind of cool seeing where he was in his development. But overall, it was just um, it's what I miss about the game. Yeah, I, it's what it I all- miss. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who miss their hockey, they miss their basketball. They're going to miss baseball, the Olympics. This is unprecedented. You know, when nine eleven happened, it really happened. <clears throat> excuse me for the world, but really New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. So unlike that, this is happening to all of us at the same time. I mean, it's not happening to Trump because he's living in his own fucking world. But that's a different. That's different. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it it's a it's a shared experience that we will all have forever. And uh there's some comfort in that, I guess. Yeah, well I'm I'm you know, as we were talking earlier about possible changes once this hopefully goes away, uh to the way people interact and use technology, I have a sense this could uh, this is going to be a big bump in history oh yeah i'm I'm hoping there's a lot of silver linings that come out of this and i think there will be um but you know and particularly one of the things is i think maybe more guys will actually talk to their family members (laughs) (laughs) so instead of you know instead of hey uh Thanks for dinner, Marge. Uh, I'm going to go you know, go into the man cave and watch uh, the Leaf game, or stay in the garage all day with the buds watching NFL. Uh, well, there's nothing to watch. So, uh, hey, how you doing? Um, and who's Colleen Ellis? Is that your next? Uh... You know what? That's really interesting. <sighs> I think that that's someone from our church coming onto our uh, our, our little. She's checking out. See, I'm broadcasting our oh. our mass on uh, on Sundays, and so, so what's happening is people are checking out the checking it out. So that's I think that's that's what's happening. All right. Well, we'll just leave it there. Uh, we got to right. go. <laughs> that's a great way to end it. Uh, Timmy's lining up his next Zoom meeting with uh, some church folks. So I'm glad you didn't hear what I said about Trump. All right, my friend, I'll see you next time. It's uh, Swing yeah. Thoughts. Uh, like us on Facebook, etc., etc. In the park, meantime. Sound of the river, you're stopping your whole everything. A band is blowing Dixie.